0: with Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. Drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now
1: your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Do you have a money question for the show? Love to hear from you, Chad, at chadburton.com. Check out the website, the team Certified financial planners that we have. It's all there at chattachadburton.com or chadburton.com. Chad all right. So, a lot of things going on. And we still have, you know, right in the middle of earnings season here. There are quarterly reports. We have the infrastructure bill passing the Senate. Don't get too excited. It still has to go through the House and get tied to some sort of a tax package. So, We'll see what comes to play with that. Basically, $400,000 and above an increase in taxes you can almost be assured of. So far when it comes to earnings, and and this is as of Friday, according to FactSet Earnings Insight, 87% of the companies that have reported so far have reported earnings upside surprise. Their earnings came in better than expected. That means the price-to-earnings ratio came down because also expectations of earnings going forward went up so the price to earnings ratio went down to from closer to 22 to 21.1 still not super cheap right um when you look at it in terms of interest rates because remember it's always this play of stocks versus bonds and a lot of stocks are yielding you know 1 to 2% on dividends that are safe and secure by looking at free cash flow versus The 10-year treasury, which has actually been a wild ride, believe it or not. We went from a low not too long ago, of what was it? 1.19% or so. And now we're looking at, on the 10-year treasury, already 1.342%. So that was a... in, In terms of bonds, we're still historically low on rates, which makes it way more expensive to retire because people's money that is in bonds and in CDs and cash is not earning anywhere near as much. As it used to prior to the Great Recession in 2007. So now you have to retire with way more money. Um, And now we're seeing lots of of signs of inflation. And by the way, when it comes to the earnings reports, you're starting to see these numbers. We have year-over-year revenue growth of 24.7%. Okay. Well, we're also comparing that to COVID times last year. Remember when the market dropped and everything shut down. So you can kind of ignore that. The earnings surprise upside of 87% of the company's beating expectations. That's pretty good. But at the same time, I'm seeing more and more of this. It's almost like analysts are you know, worse now than they've ever been before in terms of predicting this stuff. So don't honestly pay a lot of attention to it. I, I look at companies and asset classes for you know three to five year play is not what they're going to make next quarter. Speaking of what they're going to make next quarter, next year, a lot of companies are dealing with supply chain issues and wage inflation. There are certain things that are transitory when it comes to inflation, like used car prices that skyrocketed this last year. Um, That's slowing down. We've already seen lumber costs go down. That's what everybody was talking about before, but I am seeing wage inflation and employees demanding higher wages in just almost every single industry. Um, strategic, Strategist, rather, with their weekly economic summary, said this past week saw some better data on U.S. employment, some concerning data from Asia. Bottlenecks have been larger than anticipated. U.S. vehicle sales declined in July to a 14.8 million SAIR. Uh, China exports and imports both slowed in July. Consistent with... Uh, continued global health concerns i also want to point out too that you know i, I think we're we're not going to maybe go into a full shutdown but we're starting to see restrictions and everything else all over the place um and for example i, I mean this the, the delta variant people even vaccinated getting covid people that are vaccinated are able to carry it and and spread it um and you're starting to see breakthrough cases I had some I had to go get tested because I had some clients in that were in the northwest from New York uh their brother is also a client and um so so they were in town for for a wedding um and everybody was supposed to be vaccinated and I got noticed after meeting with them on Monday that hey by the way, a groom'sman at the wedding. Has been diagnosed with COVID, so that was fun. After a two and a half hour meeting in a in a room, so um, I, you did, this is this is spreading so quickly that likely we will see some other form of a shutdown or at least restrictions. So keep that in mind before you get too far over your skis in terms of your asset allocation and investing beyond what you're comfortable with. That does not mean by any means sell stocks what I what i mean is is that if you have a investment policy for yourself your household and that says you're supposed to be 60% stocks 70% stocks whatever it may be and you've grown and well beyond that and you're going to need some money that to spend from that portfolio in the next 5 years you need to make sure you have 3 years worth of portfolio draws in safe money doesn't hurt to take some profits now and again problem is, is that A lot of people aren't excited to take those profits in stocks and move over to bonds because interest rates over the last week have been increasing. And the 10-year bond is at 1.344%. And you're seeing pretty low rates on most bond funds and and high duration, which means sensitivity to interest rates. So it doesn't hurt to have a little extra cash right now to take advantage of any market dips that are out there. So let's let's talk about some, some more inflation issues. This U.S. inflation is still viewed as transitory. The Union Strategist says that. Recent U.S. bond market moves have not scared the Fed. The 10-year Treasury finished last week at 1.3%. It's now up to 1.341% as of this morning. Um, PMI numbers are still 59.5. Service in PMI was at 64.1. Anything over 50 is expansion. Um, the Fed wants to look through supply shocks. I mean, every industry. I mean, it it doesn't matter what industry it is. It seems like there's supply surges right now. And the Fed wants to look beyond the supply chain issues in terms of inflation. But I just... I mean, what I'm seeing everywhere out there is the wage inflation. And, And that goes directly to the bottom line of companies, right? Recently, a friend of mine that was working at CarMax was talking about wage inflation. There, he runs a, one of the CarMax stores, and everybody had to get raises, and it was significant. It was like something like eight bucks or something like that. And then the the managers demanding bonuses and things like that. It, 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 it restaurant owners are dealing with people that would they're going to have to pay cash because they still want to collect their unemployment right now, or they can't get workers at all. Uh, I've got a friend that. Builds those towers for boats for you know fishing boats and wakeboarding boats that tow people and and they've had to do a lot of wage increases you're now seeing nurses and doctors demanding more wages you're seeing increase in pay for bankers, financial advisors. Um, by the way, if you're a certified financial planner and you're looking for a position either in the Bay area or in the Northwest Portland, Vancouver area, send me a resume. We're hiring Chat at com. Um, and so, you know, on, on one hand, you've got this, you know, potential, not full shutdown, but restrictions coming from Delta. You've got this infrastructure bill passed, which I'm going to talk about. Again, it's passed by the Senate. Still has to go through the house. $550 billion in new federal spending over five years. Certified financial planners look at taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing, all of it. The whole picture even put you through several tests, linear cash flow modeling, money color simulation to make sure that you're actually prepared for retirement and then create a withdrawal strategy that details where is each dollar going to come from in retirement. That's all part of the plan find a lot of people that are out there paying 1%, 1.5% for their account to be managed by a money manager for a basic pie chart. And they don't even have an idea when they're going to be able to retire. That is, that's, that's a thing of the past. You need to expect more from your relationships when it comes to money. And make sure that you're dealing with a fee-only fiduciary certified financial planner. In other words, somebody that does not work on commission. You do not want to mix somebody that's selling you product with financial advice. It typically ends up in a disaster. Um, All right. So getting back to the economy, we've got companies crushing their earnings expectations right now. Um, Obviously, a lot of that's priced into the market with S&P being up 19% for the year or so. Uh, so, you know, we've pulled forward some gains in the market to say the least. We've already been expecting an infrastructure package to be passed. And so on one hand we've got this infrastructure package that's made it through the Senate, it still has to go through the House and it's going to be tied to the budget issue and and a tax increase and everything else. So don't get too excited. I've had email questions say, hey, what stocks are you looking at now that the infrastructure package is passed? I'm like, well, we were looking at that last year, number one. Number two, I can't tell you about a stock that I'm looking at. Because if I tell you about it, then I can't buy it because of front running rules. So that's why I don't really talk about that stuff. Um, so we've got this infrastructure package. We have the economy doing really, really well. But we have wage inflation. We have potentially another shutdown-style restriction thing coming on, not as bad as last time, but the Delta virus is moving around and even breaking through those that have been vaccinated. Um, but this 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 package, you know, pretty decent. It's not going to stay the same as it goes through the, the House, but $550 billion in new federal spending over five years. Biggest investment in roads, bridges, and tunnels and other areas of America's internet workings in a generation. Um, the bill, as it's written now, uh, authorizes spending on existing federal public work programs and pours a fresh 550 billion into water projects, the electrical grid and safety efforts. Like, and that's super important because I own a Tesla I drive a Tesla. I love plugging it in, not having to go to the gas station. It offsets my uh, tow vehicle, which is a you know Sierra 3500 diesel. Um, so am I carbon neutral? I don't know, maybe. Um, but the, the issue is, is that it'd be great. I don't want to argue with you about global warming. I don't really care. I about not that I don't care about global warming. I think that whatever issue it is, is it natural or is it human? If that's, that's the two arguments, right? We should be doing whatever we can to protect the environment. Whatever we can. No plastic bottles. Uh, you know, electric vehicles. That sounds great. There's always that argument. You know, how much damage does it do to the, the, <laughs> the the when when you build these things and the batteries and everything else? Okay, whatever. But the fact is, is that right now, if everybody had electric vehicles and they plugged in, our infrastructure cannot handle that. We'd done a massive investment into the electrical grid. This probably won This isn't probably enough. Um. So. We've got 66 billion in this for for the Choo Choo trains, 65 billion in this for broadband internet, and 55 billion for water systems. So a uh, lot in there. So, you know, the CNN did a story. Um, they said five things you didn't know that would be in this. So again, 65 billion in improving the nation's broadband infrastructure. Biden originally wanted 100 billion. Got fifth, 65. And they aim to help lower the price households pay for internet service by requiring federal funding uh, recipients to offer low cost affordable plans, price transparency, um things like that. Electric school buses. Five billion for zero emission and clean buses and two point five billion for ferries. Seven point five billion to build a nationwide network of plug in electric vehicle chargers along highways. That's good because I have definitely had the uh, range anxiety in the Tesla. The first, especially the first couple of times that I drove, it's it's you know my, it says you're going to get three hundred out of your battery. Not the way I drive. If I accelerate it all and drive the car like it's fun, which it is, <laughs> I get like two hundred miles. That's that's the range that I get. Um, there's there's something in there a billion dollars addressing racial discrimination and in infrastructure. Um, One billion to reconnect communities. Um, and that's that's you know, like black neighborhoods that were divided by highways and other infrastructure, according to the White House. So I guess, you know, highway went in and divided a neighborhood. I'm not really sure how that one works. New tax regulations on cryptocurrencies. This is one of the biggest ones. There's so many people out there trading cryptocurrency and not paying any taxes. Um, you know, I've told you stories of people that have because of because these things are going to be taxed like trading stocks, where um you know, if you if you buy a stock and you sell it before it's been twelve months since you bought it, the taxes on that profit are is ordinary income. If you've held it for a, over a year and you sell it, that's capital gains tax. And capital gains there's a zero, fifteen, a twenty uh, percent rate. Twenty three point eight if you make over a certain amount because of the Medicare surtax. But um, <clears throat> anyways, whereas the regular tax bracket is up to thirty seven percent. So there's a lot of people out there, you keep hearing stories about people that have done a massive amount of trading, but their tax bill is actually much higher than the profit in the end. Because they think that all of their trades that they did that had a loss offset the gains. But if you sell something for a loss and you buy it back within 30 days, you can't use that loss to offset your gains. It's called a wash sale. A lot of people are getting hammered and then Coinbase is trying to figure out, okay, if under these regulations, how are we going to report this stuff? Because we aren't set up like a Fidelity or a Schwab to send these 1099s at this point. And they're going to have to be. Lots of regulations coming down the line for cryptocurrency for sure. Um, there was a delay in the drug rebate rule. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, it, that, that was something that was done under Trump. So I'm not really sure how that affects anything. I didn't look too much into that thirty nine billion to modernize public transit seventeen billion in port infrastructure and twenty five billion in airports to address repair and maintenance backlogs uh, and again that's sixty five billion I already mentioned that to rebuild the electrical grid and fifty five billion to upgrade water infrastructure does that seem like enough when you hear about some of these water issues and and lead in the pipes and things like that. Um, there's no caregiver ed legislation. There was supposed to be help for caregivers and an increase in wages. There's no workforce development, no corporate tax increase. They, they all agreed that this shouldn't be in this one. That's going to come with the, the budget and the spending plan out of the house. Um, cause remember, this is not law yet. This was passed by the Senate, it still has to go through the house. It's going to be tied to a bunch of other issues. So a lot coming down the road politically and, well, still, I mean, so many things are on pause right now, estate planning wise, until we find out some of these new rules. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases Always Packed Pass, or the Wait, I Get to Choose from 100,000 Trips Pass, the Will It Be the Beach, City, Mountains, or All Free Pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. I want to bring something up because um, I've, I've just run into a couple of these situations lately is people that have well, older cash value life insurance policies... And how this is coming up, there's something going on in the state of Washington where I actually live. So we have offices all over the Bay Area and Vancouver, Washington. Um, and the state of Washington is implementing a long-term care payroll tax. And unless you buy your own long-term care policy and opt out, you're paying the tax. And we all pretty much thought it was going to be challenged and removed, but it looks like it's going through and now there's like 14 other states that are trying to implement this. And so it's going to force a lot of people to buy long-term care insurance. And the traditional long-term care insurance is you know, for me at 46 years old, I do not want to buy that stuff. Um well, because I always tell people, you know, start shopping when, when you're like 60 or so. And a lot of people that bought it years ago are facing massive rate increases and disappointments there. So because of the rate increases and kind of the screw up and long term care industry mispricing that, that type of insurance, where if you go into a nursing home or you need home health care, when you lose some of the activities of baby living, like dressing yourself and transferring things like that, um, the, the life insurance industry came in and created more and more life insurance policies where you buy a death benefit, and you can use some of that death benefit early if you go into a long-term care home or or need some home health care. And so, in the state of Washington, all of a sudden, people are rushing to buy some of these policies. So, for example, this tax was going to cost me somewhere around fifty-six hundred bucks a year, but for nine hundred and fifty-five bucks a year, I could buy a small hybrid life insurance policy that does build up a little bit of cash value, but I can use the death benefit early. And if I don't, it goes to my kids and it opts me out of the tax. And so I applied for this thing first before I told other people about it because I wanted to make sure it, you know, what's the process? Well, then all of a sudden everybody started to apply these things and a bunch of companies stopped issuing these policies at low amounts in the state of Washington at all cuz they want to avoid this fire sale. They're afraid that people are going to buy the policy, opt out of the tax and then drop the policies. So it's it's kind of a evolving situation that we're even trying to help people navigate through right now. But one of the things that you can do is say okay, well this is probably going to happen in my state and I maybe I already have a life insurance policy that somebody told me to buy years ago cuz they said cash value life insurance is a great idea. You get a death benefit, you can put money in, you get a, a cash value that grows. And if you ever need money, there's ways to pull it out tax-free. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, 99% of people out there should be buying term and investing the difference in their Roth IRA or 401k. You'll be way better off. But if you have, if you're a person that did buy a whole life policy, universal life, variable life policy, you've got a death benefit and you've got some cash value build up. It's time to take a look at it to see if it's actually working like you wanted. Most people that end up buying those and then they save in other areas, they never, ever, ever end up using the cash. It really is... It, it, the policies don't work as well as you thought because costs have gone up internally or rates have gone down. So you need to make sure you look at your whole life, your universal life, anything that has cash value in it. Say, maybe there's a way to improve it. I see a lot of older policies that have death benefits barely above the cash value. And so people are like, well, I cash it out, but I pay taxes on it. So I'm just going to leave it as it is. Well, there's a little thing called a 1035 exchange. Now, real estate is a 1031. Non-qualified annuities and life insurance policies, you can transfer them into other ones without paying taxes by tax code 1035 exchange. So you can take an old life insurance policy that has cash value and transfer it to a new policy. And a lot of times you can get a much higher death benefit. You're like, I don't care about the cash. I don't need it. I need death benefit. And I want to be able to use that death benefit early to pay for long-term care. And then if my state comes into play, and I bet California will with a type of a long-term care tax like Washington State's doing, then I'll be able to opt out of it because I have a policy. And so you can do a 1035 exchange. So the what, what you do is, is, first of all, get a trusted agent, maybe somebody that... If you have a certified financial planner um, that is a fee-only fiduciary, ask them for a referral to a good life insurance agent that they trust. And so you get some quotes, you figure out how you want to design this policy, um, you know, how much death benefit can I get for the cash value and, and make sure that it lasts through age 100 at a very conservative rate of return of 5% or less. Uh, there's variable life, there's index universal life, which is a bit safer um, in terms of how the cash value grows. And you get some quotes and then you apply for the policy, make sure that you're still insurable. And you also want to check out your existing policy to make sure this is a good idea. Because inside your existing policy, you have a death benefit, you have cash value, and some of the other old policies have actually a dividend on top of it. And so you have to look at your policy and know the right questions to ask the insurance agent. If you have a life insurance policy with a lot of cash value, you need to ask for what's called an in-force illustration. And say, if I continue to pay these premiums, when I'm 95 years old, what's my death benefit going to be? Um, and compare that to the policy that you're buying. And if it's a variable life or a universal life policy, make sure the agent doesn't project that in force illustration at more than five and a half percent, because they like to, you know, assume a eleven percent rate of return or a seven or eight percent rate of return. Odds are you're invested conservatively inside that thing. You got some bonds. So don't use more than a 5.5% rate of return because there's a lot of fees in those things. So be very careful. Um, and so you can really get a side-by-side comparison of how your current policy is going to work versus a new one. And you've got to say, what is this going to do? Maybe you do need the cash. And if that's the case, your older policy, especially if it's one of those old whole life policies that have a minimum rate of return of 4% or more, the cash value, maybe you keep it. But maybe you can use some of the dividends to pay the premium so you can save some money and put some more money into a Roth IRA. Maybe you don't want to pay more premiums and it's a universal life policy. Maybe you can reduce the death benefit so that you don't have to pay any more premiums and you let it sit. Um, So you, you just have to... you know, A lot of those Policies, people are dumping money into these things, especially some of the old variable life policies, where inside of the life insurance, it's mutual funds called sub accounts, just invested in stocks. You know, the cost of insurance goes up as you age. the The expenses can increase, and a lot of those things just underperform. Um, And so you don't want to be dumping money into insurance policy. You want to get an in-force illustration at a conservative rate of return. Say, how is this thing going to work in the future? Can I improve it? Can I do a 1035 exchange into one of these hybrid policies so that I can not only have a death benefit, but if I need it early, if I need that death benefit early, that $500,000 early for a nursing home situation or a home healthcare situation, I can use it. And that's pretty attractive to a lot of people. In fact, if uh, you're a person that's 60s, maybe 70s, and you've got a bunch of extra cash on hand that you're not going to spend, but you're not really interested in buying more stocks or bonds at this point because you feel like you have enough, in some cases, dumping a a lump sum into some of these policies um, where you get a larger death benefit than, than what you put in and the ability to use it still if you get into a bad situation like a nursing home situation, which you know, if you're 70 years old, 60% chance you're going to spend some time in a nursing home. The rate of return on that policy for your heirs is probably higher than cash or bonds right now. So it can be a good uh, situation if you've done a full financial plan and you're looking to put some cash somewhere, but you aren't going to need it. It's really more for your spouse, or your heirs. That can be a good option for you. It really can. Um, a lot of times too, I I run into people that have these cash value life insurance policies, a lot of cash in there, not much death benefit, and they have a large taxable estate. Right now, if you have an estate over $11.8 anything over that is going to get whacked in estate taxes. And that number is expected to be cut in half. So one of the things we do is we 1035 exchange that that policy, get a lot more death benefit for that cash value. And then we gift it into an irrevocable life insurance trust. There is a tax situation and a gift tax situation. Um, but it removes the death benefit from a person's estate. If you have a taxable estate with a million dollars of life insurance, that million dollars is really only worth six hundred grand for your kids or your spouse. If you get it out of your estate into an irrevocable life insurance trust, then after three years, it's it's worth a million. It goes to your heirs completely tax free. No state, no federal income tax, no estate tax, nothing. So you, you want to definitely improve those policies, especially right now. You know, we got four months left in the year. We know that the amount that you can give away while you're alive or pass when you die is eleven point eight million. You can you know do something now, and often improving those life insurance policies is a good start before the end of the year to cut down on any kind of estate tax. So long story short, I think that because the government spends so much money on Medicaid, in California, it's called Medi-Cal. There's no coverage in in Medicare for long-term care, home health care, beyond maybe 30 to 100 days at the most. It's draining, it's ruining savings. It's ruining the budget deficits. People are going to, be required to either pay more taxes or buy insurance. So you might want to get in front of that before your state implements something. But we get an infrastructure package through the Senate. Still needs to go through the House, but it's got stocks at an all-time high today. The S P 500 is up about a quarter percent as they do this show live. If you're listening to the podcast, it's August 11th. Um, again, we still have to get this through the House. There'll be tax package spending issues. It's going to take a bit. Um, but there's a lot in here, and that's good. It'll hopefully help offset some of the wage inflation and rolling restrictions slash shutdowns as a result of the uh, Delta variant kind of really increasing in cases. So should keep us moving. You know, d- d- yeah, stocks are expensive at a twenty one, a little over twenty one P/E ratio, but interest rates are extremely low, so that P U ratio is a little bit relative to that. And through a bull market, they can look and and feel expensive for quite a while. Just remember the 80s. Um, And it's not super high P-E ratios and lack of profits like it was in like 1999, that's for sure. But we are well overdue for any corrections because it's been well over nine months for a 5% correction or more. But people are going to look at those as buying opportunities right now. Uh, We have the 10-year treasury rates slightly up again this morning just because of issues of inflation, the infrastructure package. Actually, the 10-year bond as of right now, and I'm looking at it, is is really unchanged at 1.34%. So still, such historically low interest rates. Back in the 90s, when bonds, funds, and you could ladder bond portfolios at 4% or more, that's when you could retire at 65, draw 4% of your portfolio, and increase it each year with inflation. Well, now you're getting a third of that income on your bonds and way less than that on your CDs and cash. So at 65, you kind of want to do a rule of thumb. You're 65. Can I retire? Well, can you afford to live off of 3 3.5% three of your portfolio plus your Social Security or other income? And pay your bills, pay your taxes, pay for your healthcare costs, all of that out of that number. You may think, ooh, if that's not quite enough. Well, you better keep working. And the way to test it is you do very detailed cash flow tax projections, very conservative rate of return for your linear cash flow modeling to make sure you and your spouse can live till age 100. And then you go on to say, okay, this is my asset allocation. And based on that, what does my Monte Carlo simulation look like where you do a thousand different scenarios at least of different stock market scenarios? Do you have a success rate above 85 90%? You have to do those tests. Unfortunately, a lot of people end up going to commission-based salespeople for financial advice. And they're looking at your 401k, that's a million bucks. And ooh, I want to do that rollover into this annuity because I'm going to make like 5 to 7% of that number. That's a big commission. Big, 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 big. That's going to put braces on their kids. It's going to send one kid to college. They're looking at you like... That, that golden egg. So they're going to say, yeah, go ahead and retire so I can roll that over for you because it's a biased situation. And that is not good. Make sure you're not working with people that work on commission. A lot of you probably did. Um, when I got into the business at 19 years old, my grandfather had been selling annuities and mutual funds at banks for various years, got really sick of all of the bank takeovers. He went through the savings and loan crisis and then even through the early 90s, there's still a lot of rollovers of banks. And he used to joke that he'd have to look up at the sign to figure out how to answer the phone that day. Okay, what's the name on the sign today? Oh, oh, it's Washington Mutual. That's how he... is Bob Finch, Washington Mutual. And um he finally got sick of it. He screwed him over on his pension a couple of different times as the banks rolled over. So he took a box of statements and left. And I helped him set up an office, a CRM, contact clients, get things moving. That was my... this third job and I fell in love with the business but I hated commission based work I did not like sales at all I was majoring in engineering and math I was a spreadsheet person very analytical Um, he was a salesperson he could talk to anybody I can talk to you on radio but in real life I'm kind of introvert I'd rather be out on my snowboard or wake surf or whatever and I'm not like a networking guy I'm a mass marketing person I guess you could say um, so I, I changed it. I went into fee-only fiduciary-based planning. Um, but I still know... I'm glad I spent the time in that insurance-style industry because I know when those products are good and when they're bad. And back then, annuities were actually very useful. Capital gains taxes were 27%. So annuities were useful. And we could lock in people in some cases in the 90s at 6% for seven years. Those were great returns back then. Now, ninety nine percent of annuities are garbage—absolute garbage. They promise you guaranteed income uh, that you can outlive, and things like that. And it's a lot of it's smoke and mirrors, where you end up paying two and a half, three and a half percent internal fees in an annuity for guarantees that the insurance company is never going to have to live up to. And so, if you have an old annuity that you bought through a commission based person, if it's an old fixed one that's guaranteed at three or four percent fixed annuity, keep it. But if you have an old variable annuity or an indexed annuity that you bought and somebody earned a commission and, the, and you know that because you had a you know five to 10-year surrender period where you couldn't leave without a penalty, it might be time to improve that policy. If it's an IRA, you can do whatever you want. You can roll it back over to a Schwab account, Fidelity account, invest it normally and cut out all those fees. If it's a non-qualified annuity, just like the life insurance that I talked about before, you can improve that non-qualified annuity. You can do a 1035 exchange into a better annuity. Maybe you need to be more aggressive with the money. Maybe it needs to be fixed. So you might want to look at a fixed or an indexed product. Maybe you need income as a bond alternative. So you might want to do a no-load variable annuity that has an income for life guarantee. It's at 65 at like 4 or 5% of money that you can't outlive. You got to get the no-load ones. Because if you get the no-load ones, number one, you can leave anytime you want. So if bonds ever become attractive, again, you can get out of the annuity. You can draw on it whenever you want, and you can get the fees way, way, way down. So if you've got one of those old life insurance contracts that has a bunch of cash value and an old annuity that you bought from somebody, talk to a certified financial planner that's a fiduciary and get some real good solid advice on how you can approve it and cut down fees. We got a team of those, over 50 certified financial planners at EP Wealth, all over the Bay Area, Northwest, Chicago, Utah, Arizona. Check it out. Go to chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com and shoot me an email if you need some help. You can find all of the links to the podcast on the various platforms at chadburton.com. Have a great day, everyone.